0: Hello and welcome to this special series of episodes called 29 Days of Magic. During Black History Month, the month of February, I'll be interviewing a Black woman a day who's from business and entrepreneurship, you name it, I'm going to have a chat with her. The idea for this is to show off the amazingness of Black women throughout various industries. I hope you take a listen, like, share, review, and be inspired by these incredible stories. Take a listen. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Reset Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Mugniel, CEO of the Cultural Communications Agency, D-Flash. Each episode, I bring a different business leader who's doing some game-changing things, and this episode is no different. I'm so excited to have Lydia Beniglia, who is a pleasure strategist. So we're gonna be talking about all things pleasure and more. It's gonna be a great conversation. Take a listen. Hey, Lydia, how are you? Hey, hey, I'm well. I love and well. Awesome. So the way the podcast always starts, the first question is always the same. So the first question for you, Lydia, what was your first job?
1: Uh, What was my first job? I can't, you know, it's funny. I almost can't remember because I had like a bunch of jobs (laughs) (laughs) and I was working like from the age of 14, which was like not legal. I used to, you know, lie on applications. Um, but I want to say my first job was working at um, Domino's, Domino's Pizza. Like, you know, being the person that actually takes the order over the phone, which was back then over the phone. You had to call it in.
0: Oh, see the call. Oh, I remember those days. Domino's. <laughs> like, I'd like a large pepperoni pizza. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No apps,
1: no internet. You know, call.
0: and hopefully get delivered to your house within 30 minutes or less Mm -hmm.
1: so Mm -hmm. did you ever actually make any of the pizzas or you were the you were you were the intake person no I was the I was the intake person yeah I was the intake person I don't think I don't think I I don't think I was at that job long enough to get trained on that because by within two weeks they found out I was not 14 that I was not 16 um (laughs) so (laughs) they did the verification so So I was able to get like a couple of checks and then we're like, okay, get out of here. Scam artist.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And because what you were like 13. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, 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 totally, totally. (laughs) Awesome. Okay, so we go from, can I take your your pizza at Domino's to now as a pleasure strategist? What Mm -hmm. was that career journey like?
1: wow my yeah my career journey has been like with zigzags and just really like inquiry you know it's really all all been about um like oh I wonder what's behind this door so I started off in finance I have a degree in banking and finance from Hofstra University Um, I worked in banking doing like trade finance operations for about four years and um Got burnt out, I was pretty exhausted. And uh, then I just, you know, took some time to travel um, and you know, took up interest like writing and what have you. And then at one point I was like, okay, I'm out of money. I need to do something. And I came across this ad um, to do like financial investigations. And this was like right at the time where like it was a little, it was a bit after 9-11 and after the banks got in trouble for, or a number of banks got in trouble for, uh, financing, um, the actual, uh, attack. So, uh, you know, investigations and compliance became, um, a big buzzword thing to, to, to do. So, uh, I went to the interview. I was like, I don't know if I could do this job, but I went to the interview, got the job and, you know, was amazed that I was making at that point, you know, like, Mm, three times more than I was making before wow Um, and doing yeah and doing like a lot doing a lot less work the best way it needs to be (laughs) yeah 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 and um since from there I just you know went from different banks and so to to go back so my first my first and only full-time job out of college was at um Chase Bank became J.P. Morgan Chase. And then after that, I became a consultant. So I actually, I, I pretty I pretty much have only had one full-time job. Uh, and, you know, I went on to work at a bunch of different financial institutions, both large, small, domestic, international, um, doing, um, you know, investigations into money laundering, terrorist financing, and, and wow. fraud. Wow uh yeah yeah so basically you could probably
0: you could probably do trump's taxes and find all kinds of
1: problems i'm I'm guessing oh yeah oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and he knows exactly why he knows exactly why he he's been it's been so difficult to get his taxes because he knows that that is where the the rubber will meet the road interesting Mm -hmm. fascinating
0: so even you're doing this consulting you're making mm-hmm. good money by doing a whole lot less work, which is what we call
1: working smart, not hard.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what
1: happens? You know, I it, I never was really meant, quote unquote, to be in banking. I remember in college, my uh, writing professor I took um, this creative writing course. And he said, you know, you're a great writer. And he asked me what well, ma- my major was. And I said, finance. He said, well, you know, stick with that. He said, look, you know, writers are crazy. We're crazy and we're broke.
0: with finance,
1: Um, and you know, I, you know, I just kind of stayed. I kind of stayed with finance. I I was curious. I mean, I I was good at it. I liked it, but it wasn't really a passion at the time. I didn't even know what pat, you know, what a passion was. No one, no one talks about this, you know, in high school, neither or in college. Like, oh, pursue what your, you know, what your passion is. No, they, the thing is, like, get into a good firm. Get into a good firm. And keep it moving, yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep it moving, you know, get into a top three, get a big three. Get into, you know, a top tier bank. Um, uh. So, you know, so that was just the, the the path, but I was always interested in creative things. I was always, I wrote, I took creative writing classes. I took classes in real estate development. I developed um, some real estate while doing this. And so I always did other things. Um, and then it got to a point where I just just really became um, hmm. How do I say like really disillusioned with what I was doing because my intention, you know, and just you know, my intention is to discover, um, you know, where people are hiding illicit funds and or, pe- or po- po- people are potentially committing bad acts um, through through a bank. However, these people generally g- generate a lot of fees. All well, these organizations generally, do, you know, they, they, they pay good money. You know, laundering, business, laundering money is, is a, good, it's a good business, you know, activity for a bank because <laughs> they don't care about fees. <laughs> and so it became so, like, disheartening to, like, uncover things and then find out that they didn- weren't going to do anything about it. Right. Um, and then I, at one point, um, I actually did, you know, uh, report a bank uh, that I was working with to the Department of Justice and became a whistleblower for a little while. Um, and, you know, overall, I was just dis- 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 disillusioned. And, um, and in the midst of that, I had, um, had created um, the House of Plume, um, which was also, a, a, you know, by quote unquote by accident, really just by curiosity. And um, yeah, and for a number of years, I, I just did finance and, and house of plume. And at some point I was just like, okay, I'm exhausted. I can't do this anymore. Um, and, uh, you know, just decided to, to go full time into an entrepreneurship, uh, almost two years now.
0: Wow, that's so incredible. Um, also, you went to Hofstra. I grew up at Hempstead. So I'm shocked mm. that we never, like, we never yep. I took 11 million classes there um, when mm. I was a kid and in high school, all the after school and like pre-college stuff, I did at Hofstra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm,
1: you know, I'm mm-hmm. sure
0: we bumped into each other. And probably, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And I'm sure you've been to Wings and Things at least once or twice.
1: Right, Wings and Things. Uh, and then the, I, I lived at the Popeyes on Hempstead <laughs> Turnpike. Um, lived at your that hot lived, Popeyes. That Popeyes. Oh, Popeyes. My my God. They don't know. That you was, don't know nothing about getting two pieces of chicken wing, two two pieces of chicken, and a um a biscuit for two dollars. You don't know $2. nothing about that For two dollars. Like, are you kidding
0: me? So when I was like exactly. a senior, that's I think it. I was I was a senior in high school? And I finally I was able to drive to high school, like that was my after-school snack (laughs) like every friday (laughs) driving home my ford probe so Mm -hmm. yeah going to popeyes on a friday and getting that two-piece with the biscuit and fries oh that was the best. that was okay life was so simple back then Mm. and it's like you know you just go to popeyes grab some food come home And that was it. (laughs) There was was no other drama you had to deal with. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, what made you start? What made you decide to do House of Plume? Uh, So, what had me start that was, um, you know, really just curiosity. Um, So, what happened was that I had a personal organizer who came to my house and because I had a bunch of clutter and, um, you know, I found my sex toys and I was like, oh, okay. So, cats out of the bag you know where do people put these things and she said nothing in particular and I tried to look for something that was um elegant and and functional and couldn't find it and you know I just put it to the side really um after a while I couldn't find anything and then one day I went into Babeland and um I was walking out and I was like you know by chance do you have any storage product for sex toys and they were like no person was like um no but we go that question all the time and I went well I'll just make one (laughs) you know and I you know I had prior to that had no real interest in product design it wasn't anything I even really thought about I was always curious about design but I'm not even I just thought I'm like oh okay I'll just make one naively I just thought this this stuff was like you know sort of easy no not at all easy um and uh so after I, you know, I'd asked, you know, people like, yeah, I just, after I asked people like, you know, where do people put toys and, and understand if there was a need for it, um, you know, I just took the steps to, to create it. Um, and then, you know, I launched it on Kickstarter and became the first adult brand uh, approved for a Kickstarter campaign, um, wow. which is, yeah, which was important really for other brands after that, because it became, it be, that. Became actually easier for other brands to do the same on the Kickstarter and other platforms. Um, and yeah, and then I just you know was in the world of, of product design and 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 selling products to retail stores online, and all of that. And then I, I got um, because community is something that's always been important to me and something that I, I kind of gravitate to naturally anyway. Um, and I'd happen to. Um, be at a networking event um, where the woman was like, you know, there's another woman around here that, that does, that's involved in sex toys, you, you, should, you should meet her. Um, and, you know, we, we got together, we were like, you know what, this would be, uh, you know, I said, you know, I just expressed frustration around being, um, you know, being a black woman in this pretty white male dominated field and um, you know she's a white woman, and pretty, or you know, represents white as far as the you know, way she looks, whatever. But um, and we just you know we're like, yeah, let's just create something here for you know women in New York to to get together. And it really just started off as like a networking event, and then it really you know kind of came into something something else. Um, and it's it's called the the Women of Sex Tech. That's a, a non for profit. Um, now that's you know committed to um, you know representing uh, women or women um, pe- people that I identify as, as women in the sex tech field um, all over all over the world so um, so then after that after a little bit it just became like you know what I actually am more interested in talking to people about their sex lives about what matters to them, what's important in their lives versus selling my product, um, And that's how I, I got into, into the world of, of coaching people around pleasure, relationships, and, and sex.
0: Wow. And it's funny, like, you just fell into it and then made it happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm just just a curious person. I'm like, oh, you know, what would happen if, uh, you know, if I did this, you know? And the other thing that I'm motivated by is like the not knowing if I don't pursue it. That keep, yeah. if it ke- if it keeps me up at night, I got to do it. That's
0: so true. As like as an entrepreneur, that's the thing that kind of keeps you up at night because like if if you feel it in your chest, like I got to do this, then you just got to do it, like as in this, even I just gotta no it, otherwise I can't sleep,
1: can't sleep. Yeah. It won't like, leave me alone. It like, yeah. And I, and I really, I think it's, it's, um, you know, it's, uh, a, a calling, but you know, I really do believe that God puts missions on you and it, it you know, you don't necessarily want it, but you know, it, it won't leave you alone until you, you see it through. And a lot of times it's not a you know, a direct result, it'd be like, oh, and that may lead to something else. That may lead to something else. You just have to listen.
0: Yeah, listening to yourself is
1: oftentimes the hardest part because you're like, really? Oh, yeah. And you're like, yeah. No, you gotta listen to yourself. You really, yeah. Do. I'd Rather not. I so rather not. I'm mean, at the time when I, um you know, had thought like, okay, I could create this product. That'd be cool. And I did research and all that. And I said, you know what? I don't know if I had had just. Uh, like a year before um, was involved in like a pretty, pretty emotionally involved, you know, real estate development project um, with a partner, um, you know, we're no, you know, broke up and all that other stuff that happens. And I was like, God, can I take on another baby and like another thing, another, you know, cause I knew that if creating something, it becomes, it's a baby that you have to take care of. And, and it becomes like, you know, your whole world for a bit and I was like I can't do it I don't want to do it and then I traveled I went to like I went to Spain I went to London I went to Paris and everywhere I went I, I looked for this product and I couldn't find it I said all right fine I'll do it
0: you know it's interesting like I think and one of the reasons I was excited to have you on the show because I don't think we talk about pleasure especially around uh, for black women because mm-hmm. we're always sucking so hard and we have the world on our mm-hmm. shoulders and then another stratosphere on top yes. of our shoulders so like, yes what would be some advice that you would give for women especially for black women right at this moment because like we're a year into covid it has been crazy as can be how do you put yourself first in this side of the universe
1: Mm, how do you put yourself first it's really a declaration you know it's a it's a declaration before it actually becomes truth so it's like you have to say I am worthy and then take actions consistent with being worthy regardless if you think you are or not until you kind of get you know the, the hang of it um and that you know it all depends also on you know what your life looks like so you know for me uh you know, pleasure, you know, being a woman, single, you know, in New York, um, whatever, uh, I would, even though I'm pretty, I'm still pretty type A, like, you know, just one of the reasons why I kind of discovered uh, and studied pleasure for myself is, as a way to to kind of combat you know like how <laughs> how hard I could be on myself um but I still have to say is that I was still single and I you know I had a plant you know that really t- took good care of um and, and so in that perspective I could probably say in comparison to some other women pleasure for me um was fairly easy easier um but then you know I got totally uh you know, my father became ill. Um, you know, with with stuff. Um, not going to a diagnosis, but became you know, come ill, and now I'm totally in the world of caregiving. And I'm like, wow, you know. And I've had to relearn how to, you know, make myself a priority. And so for me, what it looks like is, you know, doing things for myself first thing in the morning before I get involved in anything else because you know then the day just goes because he's been hospitalized for like two weeks and you know he's in the hospital in Dominican Republic, which is like, you know, I'm part nurse, I'm part lab assistant, I'm part, you know, all these things that like you know right, States. I'm a little, a little bit of everything. And I was like, oh wow. Um and then at first it was really frustrated, like and angry and resentful about it. And I said, no, accept what this is. And then I was able to bring joy to it. And then you know just go. Like this is this is my time. From this time to this time, I don't care who calls me. I'm not picking up the phone. I'm you know either meditating or doing writing or you know what what whatever whatever it is. Um, but I, I think it just it just really starts with the declaration and the the commitment to um, to make it a priority. And you know you won't you won't believe that you deserve it. So. You're not gonna. You're not. If you think you're going to like take on pleasure when you deserve it, when you feel like you deserve it, you won't ever do it. That's
0: so important. It's like you know, like oh well, I I have to put this like in this little tiny box, and that's just for me. It's like, well, no, actually, you have got to do this because you actually deserve it. Uh, It's. I I think sometimes folks. you know, we have so much we have a zillion and one different responsibilities and as a result of that you know you're right we, we also don't think we're worthy of it and we have to sort of break those cycles
1: yes right and then there's something I discovered recently was that it's a total illusion a complete illusion you know a a, a palm palm tree in the middle of the desert that if you, Just put everybody else first that that you will actually create, you'll get better results. That is not accurate, not true. You will be tired, resentful, nasty, and you will bring everybody else down with you. So it's imperative you take good care, it's imperative.
0: You absolutely do, and you know, at this at this point, it's like okay, like, well, what do I do? And it's like I can't travel, I can't go where I want to do. So, like, and so, meditating and sort of journaling. Any other good tips you think are are good because you define pleasure? How you define pleasure is is is, is obviously the key here. Hmm. Hmm. Um. And do you think? Like, what, what do you think has been a common misperception? I think when sometimes people think, oh, what's well, pleasure, Well, let's go buy a vibrator. And it's like, that's not it. <laughs> what are some sort of better tools to sort of understand how to get proper pressure for yourself?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, pleasure, you know, is, is really, uh, is not, is not just sexual. So this one thing that I teach is that it's, it's not just sexual it is it's really the, the, the space of feeling good overall of, of satisfaction, bringing joy to something um, or having an experience of joy. And that could be in anything you can have, you know, pleasure from brushing your teeth. It's really about, you know, how you choose to experience life overall and not about um, compartmentalizing it so that it's just with sex or is it something you can just get with a partner or is it something you can just get like this or you know like that because it it it, it could become you know it could go into different directions like it could it become addictive you know pleasure can be addictive um which is not really pleasure now it goes into something else but it's it's important to know that it's it's about your your whole life you can um, bring pleasure. You can just say, okay, I'm gonna do, let's say for example, taking a bath, um, which feels great and all, but if, you, if you're really procrastinating or if you're doing that to, to avoid something um, or to like avoid a difficult conversation or whatever that is, um, then that's not, then that's abusing pleasure. That's coping. I think it's huge. I think
0: it's like, are you are you using it just for coping versus um, using it because you you want? to? You are so important uh, because, especially now in COVID, where everyone's just like, Ugh. <laughs> uh, and we're also a year into COVID, and I think I feel like everyone, especially this past week, has just hit a wall. Where like they're just like, I'm checking out. I need to like figure out ways to sort of put myself first because everything has gone kind of haywire for me uh, at this particular point. Um, so what's your advice for folks as we're now a year into COVID and making sure that they find time to have pleasure for themselves?
1: Mm. How to prioritize it? So a couple, of different, a couple of different things. So number one is to just you know, make sure just to, 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 to pursue it, regardless if you feel like you, you deserve it or not. Um, that's number one. Number two, being clear on what, you know, brings what actually brings you pleasure. And what is it that you, what is it that you really wanna experience? I know that there's, there's a number of things that we cannot do and, and we have to do things differently, um, but that also cre- allows for some creativity. And so, okay, just because you can't get on a plane and go, you know, go somewhere doesn't mean that you can't experience something. And one thing for one thing that I've seen in this, you know, in this in the pandemic is that a lot of what we were doing as pleasure was escapism. Mm -hmm. And so now you just really do have to sit with yourself, you know, and do you like what you feel? Do you like what you see? um and that may be the impetuous for people to just want to go do something then I'll go jump on a plane go to an event go you know especially if you live in a metropolitan area there's so many things that could you could be busy with that don't necessarily um you know forward your life so the, the other thing I, I'd say is that you will have it will require you to make changes you know in life and and so it's not it's not something that's just going to drop out of the sky like if you have for example you're married and you have three children and you you have a a career and all these things that okay yeah you can't you can't just schedule something and expect it to just happen so that means having you know conversations with with your support system that and if you don't have a support system that means identifying um, your, your support system. And that's one of the things that I um, find that that's missing for a lot of women is, be, you know, they don't do what they wanna do because they think they have to do it um, alone. Um, and it's, it's also the reason why I actually, um, it's the, the, the focus of my practice, which is I call um, these women the strong ones, which is, you know, highly effective, high, high performing, um, but, you know, have limiting beliefs around um, pleasure and and feeling like they they need to 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 do it all. Um, and I was really inspired by that, by by actually by the pandemic, by reading the accounts of so many people who died alone. And I thought, wow, you know. if They would have just asked for help, you know, would would the outcome have been different? So that's. So I would say that it's just to look at, to look at your support system. It's not gonna happen um, out of the sky. You are gonna have to perhaps have some conversations with people about, you know, maybe there's some things that you know, don't long, longer want to do um, that you're doing, or, you know, there's some, some perhaps you are overextended in, in other areas that, that it you know, why it doesn't allow for you to, to take the time. Um, that, that you want, and then you know, dealing with the the different um, emotions that comes with you know making making these choices. Uh, definitely, women who 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 take on a lot, they don't just do it because they like it. They, it's generally because um, of some trauma that they've experienced. Like that said, you you got to do it. If you don't do it, nobody else does it. You know, it's just kind of the mantra. Of, of a black woman
0: you know Oh yes <laughs> you
1: know yeah
0: that's awesome and uh great great advice that um i might be taking personally <laughs> so, um and you know thinking about all the stuff that you've done you know what do you think you'd tell 25 year old lydia
1: oh <laughs> what would i tell 25 year old lydia um girl, you know, leave that job, you know, um, leave, leave, you don't want to be there, go and go and do something um, different. Um, you know, take, take, take as many risks as you as you want. Um, because, you know, you have you have the abs for it, you can do whatever, you know, like I was you know, so <laughs> with girls who are like, not girls, but you know, young women who are like in their early 20s. And I said, look, you know, do do whatever it is that you want to do. Just do it. Do do whatever. Because the abs you have now, you're not going to have at 40. You know, you're just not. So wear all the, wear, wear all the cut off tops right now and, and do it all. You know, <laughs> just do it all. Just do it all. And there's very few things in life that you can't get past, you know, by just taking a different action. So just do everything. Just don't commit a felony because that's hard to get rid of don't hang around with people that commit felonies because you might end up committing one and don't get pregnant before you want to otherwise just do everything (laughs) i adore you (laughs) um great advice um (laughs) yeah you can really recover from all that. you know you can really recover from all of it you know
0: I mean, you, you, you can't, I mean, it's just funny because like, I just appreciate the fact that I, I, I so appreciate your honesty because in like, oh God, 200 episodes of this podcast, I usually get the response of, like, well, you know, just go for it. And like, you know, take that job and blah, blah, blah. I usually kind of think that people will say. And I mm-hmm. really love the fact that you like, let don't commit a felony, do it all. Let's don't, commit
1: a, no, cause, yes, you don't <laughs> commit a felony. You know, it's just too hard to get that stuff off your record, you know, but no, yeah. well, just do everything else.
0: I don't see why not. I see nothing wrong with this at all. I think this is fantastic advice.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I've given that advice to like, you know, kids of my, you know, kids, friends, and then then their mothers are like, Lydia. I'm like, well, look, she's gonna do it. So you might as well just. (laughs) Don't don't commit a felony. And we know you're gonna do it, just don't commit a felony.
0: Again, I see nothing wrong with this. Yeah. I'm thinking about, okay, so you're a pleasure strategist, which means you have clients who you have to coach on this. So what do yes. you do for your self-care?
1: Ooh, what do I do for my self-care? So I do a lot of writing. Um, I do uh, meditation. Um, what else? Uh, masturbation is a great self-care. Um, I I spend a good amount of time, I try to spend a good amount of time alone doing something because that really does, um, you know, recharge me. So going for walks, uh, going to now that I'm in the Dominican Republic, like going to the beach um, when I can. Um, but reading, you know, reading really, really great books um, that I can kind of just escape, escape into is, is great self care. But I think the biggest, honestly, the, 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 the biggest contribution you can, as far as self-care is concerned, is just being honest and saying no when something doesn't work. Because when I say yes to something that I really want to say no to, I end up, you know, it gives me such, I stay with that energy and it, it's, it becomes difficult to, to shake off. Um, but yeah just you know boundaries I think it's the the healthiest form of self-care that's a great one because I think
0: we, especially now we get so hard up on everything when we have to we're supposed to be doing everything because like we're in the middle of a pandemic oh my god yada yada yada, yada. and it's like actually yeah. I'm just gonna check out and say no and so I have I have learned those, learned those letters and put them into a word called no. And so I'm mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. just not overextending myself. Cause I think, you know, I used to be not here cause I'm always traveling and now I'm here. Mm-hmm. So everyone emails me and I like, can, you do, this? can you do this, can you do this? And I'm just like, mm-hmm. no. And like, why not? I'm like, I just don't have time. But I see your calendar, I don't care. I don't have time. Like, mm-hmm. and it's been yeah. so freeing. It's been difficult. But mm-hmm. you know, I hadn't put in the framing of of of, of self care. I just was like, I just need to sleep, <laughs> so I have to say mm-hmm. no. But you're right; mm-hmm. it is like the best form of self care to be like, no, not
1: doing it. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Because when you say no, you're really saying yes to something else, and that thing you're saying yes to, you may not want exactly, or it
0: doesn't serve you, or it doesn't serve this version of you. Because I think obviously we've all changed in a lot of different ways over the past year. You know, Mm -hmm. it's expedited some changes for some people. It's brought new changes to the surface for some folks who had never thought about it. But as a result of that, yeah, you're a different you than you were, you know, a year ago this time. And as a result of that, You've got to make sure you're putting yourself first in ways to put your full self first. Not like that's because like you read that in a book and it's like namaste, but like it's like you. This is for right. you. You yeah. got to do this. Um, that's so.
1: That's so. Right. Yeah. True. And it, and it lives in it lives in your life. You know, you said you could read it in a book, but it really, you know, it really lives in your life. Like, I. It, it brings. Yeah. Yeah, it reminds me of this, I was in a clubhouse room where this uh, guy was talking about, you know, he has, I believe, two kids and married and, you know, he's working from home and he really was talking about the pressure he was feeling to 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 make sure that he performs because I don't, he's like, I don't want my, you know, my company to think I'm slacking because I have kids at home and I'm homeschooling and all that. And I could just hear such, you know, the anxiety and, you know, like the, like always watching his back to make sure that he's like you know bringing 150 percent so he's Mm -hmm. you know so he's not so he's not um, you know feeling guilty for or or made to look guilty for taking care of himself you know or saying you know so he's like always available and all these things. and so that's I, I think another side of the pandemic that people feel like oh well you know you're home so why not? You know, um, and it's it's terrible to 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 live that way.
0: Yeah, just say no. <laughs> just literally say no. It's not mm-hmm. from the nineties. Just say no. <laughs> like, um, yeah, and and don't just apologize no. for it. And yeah. don't think that like you, or or do a no but. Mm. It's just like no. This is a no for me on this, and that's all we're gonna do. And last question for you, my friend. Um, do you have a give and an ask of the audience?
1: Ah, uh, Yes, my ask for the audience is to practice saying no for a whole five days ah. and see how your life transforms.
0: Any particular no's or just when it feels right?
1: When it feels right, whatever, whatever it is, whatever it is, I love this. And just so, you know, listen to like, listen to how like how, how it you know how it feels and what comes up before you say no. Like the the kind of the, like notice the conversation in your head about what's happening before you before you say no.
0: Awesome. I love that one. That's a fantastic one. I think I'm going to join in on this challenge. (laughs) Um, Lydia, it's been so good to have you on the show um, with lots of really, really important insights about like saying yes to yourself and really doing self-care. And I thank you so much for joining me and being part of 29 days of magic. Good,
1: good. Let me know. Let me know what happens.
0: (laughs) <laughs> awesome. Um, we'll put the details in the show notes for folks to follow you on all the social medias, uh, and uh, and and know that you know you're available for for coaching and all that good stuff too. So thank you so much. Uh, and that is our show. We're so excited to have Soho Works as the sponsor for the Twenty Nine Days of Magic campaign. You know, they're designed by Soho House, and their workspace is to help. Creative thinkers, businesses small and large, connect, collaborate, and grow. And it's where I'm recording all the episodes of 29 Days of Magic. It's a safe, wonderful, and collaborative experience. Uh, I'm currently in the Brooklyn location, but they have locations one else in New York City, in the meatpacking district, one in LA, five in the UK. And they give you that kind of home away from home feeling with all the tools, technology, equipment to help you do your best work. Uh, like I said, it's an amazing location feel safe. I've been able to meet some really awesome people, which haven't been able to do a lot because of the fact of COVID. So it's been a wonderful experience being able to record here and help build community. So if you want to find out more information about it, please go to soloWorks.com to get more information and tell them I sent you. And now back to the show.